this edition of Nurturing Wellbeing with Kurt Kelly, we brought a special guest in, a man that is recognized on a national basis for his work with children and families, but particularly in developing a, uh, a strategy to getting families and parents involved in being able to work in nurturing this, uh, this a better community for our children and families uh, and working in the preventative areas. His name is uh, Jared Vermillion. You're gonna love it. Actually off camera, he and I were chatting and he was saying, Kurt, as I was speaking, I was getting chills because we were so excited about some of the work we can do together. You'll hear him talk about how he can engage different affected communities, also getting our faith community involved and, and how we can sort of unite uh, our work together as we try to secure the blessing of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. You're going to love this episode of Nurturing Wellbeing with Kurt Kelly. Mr. Jared Vermillion. Jared is a national expert uh, in the area that we're going to camp around today. And that area is we're going to talk about parent advisory leadership councils. Now, the reason we're going into that conversation, folks, is because we believe that's a critical component as we start looking as we're nurturing well-being for, for children and families. And we believe the more that we get the family conversation, having this robust conversation about how we can address issues long before they ever come to that crisis point, uh, that we can address much of this in, in a preventative manner. And so uh, when I was talking to Dr. Patricia Nellius, who runs our learning community here at the Florida Coalition for Children. She's brilliant in this area. She said, I have the I have the expert in this field. I'm so happy that you took the time to come and join us today. Uh, I do know that uh, you spent uh, many years at UC Davis, uh, University of California at Davis, uh, and working in, uh, in around this and other areas in child welfare, as well as that you also came to Florida just a couple of years ago to work with the National Center for Innovation and Excellence, which is there in Brevard County, and uh, you are still doing some work in that arena as well. Uh, welcome. And what I'd like to do is just as we get started, I want you to tell your story a little bit and uh, tell us how you got into this work. Congratulations to all the great work being done with the community partnerships and the community learning with the Florida Coalition. Uh, although it sounds like it's an innovation here in Florida that, you know, across the country, it's really about community learning, community integration, community practice that is really making change. So a little bit about me. My name is Jared Vermillion. Um, I go by Jay these days. Uh, I, uh, I'm a consumer, lived experience. I grew up experiencing the child welfare systems, mental health systems, and I like to say short stay pro juvenile probation system, um, dealing with the family dynamics of my family. I have a no, self plug. I've got a TED talk if you want to check it out. It's all about superheroes, healing superheroes. Um, and I got into this field as a, in the beginning was about like everybody else trying to want to give back to the community, wanting to make a difference, wanting to be the person that someone was there for me. And over time, I realized that I want to leave a legacy of change, recognizing that, you know, governments don't necessarily heal people. It's people that heal people. And the more the tribe that we can build, the more the people we can build around people, the more difference we can make. So I got into this field trying to make a difference. I got into very specialized human service work, specifically wrap around doing, you know, the, the different doing the other other mental health services, trying to do whatever it takes to help children and families, engaging family and youth voice on the highest levels, asking families and youth what they need, what they want, what's helped them in the past, what hasn't. Um, and I've just, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and kind of gotten stuck. Um, I'm excited to be on the podcast to be able to help uh, promote the idea of the integration of families and youth on the highest levels. 
Um, and uh, I, I guess just a little bit of a little bit about me. I run the Heroes Initiative, which is an, an international training and coaching and consultation platform. We've got a special place where we gather all the great leaders across the country to share knowledge, share tools, and contribute to this larger body of knowledge so that we can all learn together as one big guild. Um, but that's a little bit about me and a little bit about, about my background. I'm excited to be a part of Florida, having done a lot of integrated work at UC Davis and across the state of California, worked in almost every county in the state of California, helping in their different systems of system of care improve. I'm excited to see where uh, Florida's contributions are and learn from Florida as things are different, but I, I, I like to say that they're, they're different, but it's, 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 it's like almost the same puzzle, just different pieces. And uh, so thanks for having me on here, Kurt. Well, not only am we excited about having you on here, I, but as you were saying that, and we said a little bit off camera, some of the great things that you were doing, you have a, 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 a national, I guess, symposium or a national conference that you bring folks together. I want you to talk about that. And I want you to talk about it in the light of family voice, uh, leadership and empowerment. How do you bring all of that together? And let's talk about what we're going to do here in Florida. You kind of understand the vision that we have here at the Florida Coalition for Children to incubate this concept of getting the families involved in this process. And uh, I'm working, we're working with uh, the legislature, the governor's office, Department of Children and Families. All of this is sort of a collaborative effort under the leadership of, of Dr. Nellius. And uh, let's talk about uh, how you've seen it done. And then maybe you can give us some ideas of, of some better ways we can do it here in Florida. You know, I was a part of what's called the Parent Partner Advisory Committee. That's a committee that's run out of the University of California Davis, the Resource Center for Family Focused Practice. Started off being a small group of six to 10 parents, leaders across the state, all having consumer lived experience. That means that they successfully navigated one or multiple systems with the child and as a consumer living and experiencing whatever situations they were in. This group would meet, they would look at different policies. They would look at different, uh, even curriculums coming down through the state, such as child and family teaming or different innovations that the state was putting initiative around. And this group would add the family's perspective, would look at it through the lens of children and families, thinking about, well, we're having meetings on Friday nights. You can't have meetings on Friday nights. There's football games, right? Um, let, let's be clear that let's be uh, understand that we're working with children and families in their situation, their families. So this statewide parent partner advisory committee started off. I was one of the uh, team facilitators um, when I was a specialist there, uh, eight to 10 people. We now have the, this group is running uh, blessed by COVID. I know it sounds weird, but blessed by COVID and people's um, embracement of technology to now there's up to 160 to 200 statewide consumer lived experience partners that join this panel that come together for collaboration, learning together, providing advocacy, not just on the family level, but on the policy level on the curriculum level, on the legislative level, um, and making true change across the state of California in every county. We've got representatives from little counties where there's little to no resources for those consumer lived experience roles. They don't get a lot of training. They don't have a lot of people to confide in or learn from. This Parent Partner Advisory Council, not only are they providing that feedback you know, to the system, but also learning from each other and a big part of, a big part of you know, hiring and supporting the consumer movement is burnout is, 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 is a major thing for the professionals, period. It's especially a big deal for people with lived experience because their stories don't stop. Their child that was 12 is now 17. You know, it's a whole new set of circumstances and, and issues. So I had the opportunity to help launch, um, help build and cultivate 
what was a seven person parent partner advisory committee to now what the center has taken it to be almost 200 people across the state that provide that feedback to do that community learning similar to what the uh, initiatives being launched with the Florida Coalition. And I'll also share about, um, there's a number of parent, uh, family and youth advisory councils that I've facilitated across multiple states. I did one uh, for the last, every two years for six years in the state of California, did a couple of them here in Florida, did a couple of them in the other states. You know, following up what you were just sort of laying out, uh, Jared, uh, in the the work that you've done in California, let's talk about, and you were mentioning some of the things that how it affects the professionals, but I also want to have a conversation with uh, many of the folks that are at, at policymaking level, uh, the professionals that, that are involved in this. Why is this critical for Florida? I, again, Great success is happening in California. I think Florida is uniquely positioned with our community-based care to really blow this thing up the right way and really engage uh, this. So talk to us a little bit about why policymakers, uh, professionals and policymakers should be be on the forefront of supporting this effort. Well, since the dawn of time, I feel like we've battled these siloed systems and siloed perspectives where, you know, there are different privileges, uh, uh, you know, allowed in different communities. And we, not intentionally, but unintentionally, sometimes we lose touch on what's the current of what's going on right now from racial, you know, I know we held some of those community learning communities through the Florida Coalition, and there was things like racial equity, right? So um, dealing with the SOGI diverse community, the LGBTQ, the unique needs. And so I think a part of the policy changes People are aware of these uh, aware of these initiatives, but don't necessarily know the specifics of the change that needs to be made. And so, having the connection between it's uh, you know having the the supplier be connected to the consumer, it only makes sense in a business model. Why wouldn't it make sense in the work that we do? So the more the the, the stories that you know what makes a difference is we have qualitative data, we have quantitative data. The stories are really what makes the difference. You know, having a face to put on to really to understand, you know, I think about the Trevor Project. I think about these, you know, these major initiatives that have made a difference across the world. They didn't start. They started with someone's face. So the more I think that our policy, our administrative, our our, our lobbyists, our legislation can be made aware of the authentic, real stories that are going on with children and families, the more impact that we can have, the more narrative we can share for the broader community to really learn and glean from. You know, I was I was looking at your uh, sort of your bio and you had an area in there where you had worked extensively with both the faith community and law enforcement to deal with some of our more challenged and traumatized populations. Talk about that, because I th- again, when we get this shared experience and when we get this real it, it, it's back to true consumerism, when we find out what really the problem is, not what we perceive the problem is, but what is the real problem we begin to garner that, it's kind of interesting how we can start putting very, very specific resources to those to be able to prevent those things from from monastizing into a whole nother, you know, horrible uh, arenas. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. Oh my, you're just giving me goosebumps thinking about it. So imagine we have in a community where there's significant gang uh, criminal behavior and a lot of gang involvement. And um, there's just generation after generation, cycle after cycle. And uh, there was a specific movement where it was called Community Wraparound, led by Jesus Sandoval. He was a parent partner, a parent lived experience that was hired to work in a professional role, who was also a pastor in the community. 
Um, and he had also done time behind bars and you hear a story, got shot by a shotgun. I mean, you know, the full, he had the full gamut of experience. Imagine where, uh, the, the police suppression, the, the gang suppression unit just locked up a handful of leaders. And there were these younger leaders who were getting ready to be promoted in the gang community to take on leadership roles. What we, what they did is they sent out to the streets, um, all the gang suppression unit of this mental health community these spiritual warriors, these reformed gangsters, and to meet with these young kids and say, look, either you're going to participate in this program or we're going to lock you up. Imagine in this room, we had the judge and the court and the, the, the whole bar on one side of the room. We had the gang suppression unit on the other side of the room. We had the spiritual warriors on the other side of the room, and we had the youth and their families on the other side of the room. They all had to walk through metal detectors. Mm. <laughs> And the very first meeting, we talked about values. What are the values of the gang community, of the policing community, of the court, of all of the spiritual community? And it came down to similar things. They talked about respect. They talked about honor. They talked about community. And we started right there and we broke bread. We literally ate together with the judge, the OGs, the community, the everyone. And we started this community wraparound initiative where it was us being with the people for the people. And we discovered one of the reasons why some of these young kids were out doing this criminal behavior and gangbanging. It wasn't just generational cycles. It wasn't this facade of who I am. It was, they were hungry. It was, they were scared of the streets. And the only way to survive was to be bigger than the people that were around them. And oh my gosh, you watch these, you know, the court, the judge, the police officers tap into something that they already had that they were able to continually connect and understand, you know what, I might act that same way. And we started, so, you know, we started on engagement and we started making a difference and we brought the spiritual community with the court, with the mental health, with the reformed community. And I'm telling you, there were, we had, they had 10 kids and Jesus will tell you all about this. He's a major leader and still continuing to do this as the gang commissioner in San Diego, California. Um, had 10 kids that had daily criminal contact that 80% of them with one year with zero police contact. Why? Because and these kids will tell you, because they had a tribe that met their needs in new ways. They didn't have to go steal. They didn't have to fight to show that they were tough. Um, you know, that's one of the most specialist projects I've ever been a part of, Kurt, um, where you, I, I, we had the judge was right there in the room. The judge got to hear this mother talk about how this child has never had a father and was incarcerated. And all he knows is the streets. And then you had this other, you know, reformed gentleman to say, you know what? I've learned that there's another way and I would love to show it to him. Uh, you get me passionate. I could go on and on about that movement. But um, it was about really we first had to bring them together and find some, you know, meet on common ground and break bread and, and, and then really make dig in and make a difference. You made the comment that it's really not a government that does this solution. I think the more, I think that's where Florida sort of, we camped around that idea that it's, let's get big ideas coming from the community and engagement. But I can tell you, I think of the whole next level, which you, you really get me excited when you start talking about getting the faith community, spiritual folks that are engaging, they have the capacity to love. I was actually meeting with some folks in the governor's office the other day, and we were talking about this, how there are solutions out there that we just really have just started walking through and opening the door. And I think anytime we can facilitate, not do it, but facilitate those folks who are coming out of this and, and gaining them to 
be a part of it. That's a, that's a we the people solution. And, uh, and it comes from opening the door so they don't feel so uh, put upon and, and segregated and, and, and placed out there that they have no voice and no connectivity. And uh, I think that, uh, frankly, we live in a great country. We have a lot of challenges, but this country is founded on that principle of engaging people the right way. And so we are going to work together. And you know what's interesting? This could probably, this comes from variety of perspectives. You can have, you can have major disagreements, maybe even in politics. Who cares? We're going to change children and families' lives. We're going to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. I think we all agree on love. I agree. And it was fun, it was fun talking to the governor's office and, and watching them light up when I started talking about this a little bit. And I know they have a, they have an initiative in that. And so I said, but you know, let's, let's be careful that we don't make it a government thing Let's make government provide us the, the support and resources and allow us to allow us to get the community involved. Well, you've been you've been an awesome guest. I, first of all, we're going to have you come speak to our conference. I, I know Patricia's working that out. Looking forward to it. We, we want you to be here. We look forward to that. Uh, I think we're going to probably camp a couple of webinars around you as well. But I look forward to working with you as we move forward, because the very purpose of this program, nurturing well-being. In other words, let's grow, let's develop. It's not just about foster care. It's not just about child welfare. It's about the total well-being of our citizens, of our children, of our families. And the more that we engage that the right way, the, the more we're going to be able to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. It's an, it's an ecological thing. Each piece affects every little piece. It's the ripple effect, right? Um, I, I, you know, I, I was just thinking about how the the idea the idea of love right the idea of, of uh, authentic agape of connection you there know you it takes a tribe it takes a tribe and one of the most things I've learned is people will burn the village down to feel the warmth and we got to remember that sometimes you know just the embracement of each other is what we need and I've seen these you know one of the greatest things about this family voice and choice allowing for the, this this space the consumer to have you know a, a valid voice is for them to be able to feel heard in ways so that they don't have to burn the village down to meet their needs. Thanks, Amen. Kurt, for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. No, thank you for your time. We look forward to being with you, and God bless you. What did I tell you? Jared is amazing. Uh, his expertise is exceptional. But what you really should, I hope you came away like I did, is that this is an idea of getting more and more folks involved and being part of the healing process for children and families. And so I'm very excited that we're able to give you just a glimpse of some of the things we're doing here at the Florida Coalition for Children in the great state of Florida. It's going to take a collaborative work. And as Jared says, we're going to, we're going to pull everyone together to be able to, to love on one another and to help each other as we nurture well-being. Listen and subscribe to Nurturing Well-Being with Kurt Kelly for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. You can rate and review. We'd appreciate you giving us a five. Thanks to your support, we can continue to engage with those who serve the children of Florida and continue our mission to support Florida's families.